passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This emergency post-NBA trade deadline episode of the For the Love of the Game podcast with Aaron Tobinhess on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. It's Super Bowl Sunday, folks. It's right around the corner, and Bet Online has you covered for all your prop bets, and not just for the Super Bowl, NBA, NHL, college basketball, boxing, UFC. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your sports betting action this season. Head to the new updated or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V to re- receive your 50% bonus. Bet online, the fastest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the action happens. With that said, episode 144 for the love of the game, post NBA trade mm-hmm. deadline. Let's get this work. <laughs> oh, damn. Now about this. Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, oh. Got no this. Keep it now. Jack on. And man. Great episode 143 just dropped. We talked about the trade deadline, but it is Thursday afternoon. It's about 10 to 5 on the East Coast. The NBA trade deadline is passed, and today's last trade deadline day was crazy. Absolutely bonkers. There was tons of stuff happening. So I had to record an emergency podcast with a recurring guest who texted me requesting to come on for an emergency podcast because a you know loyal listener texted him about it. So Johnny Nolman is back on the show. Johnny, what's good, buddy? Today was a wild, wild day. This, this is insane. I, the last trade deadline that made me feel this way, which is obviously a little bit more personal, was when the Knicks traded Perzingis. That was one of the most confusing and uh, hurtful days of my life, but we could talk about it another time. I thought that ended up working out for the best, but whatever. Um, Why do you say that? Because he's going to come up later on in this segment. And, he, and he's not even our highlight. So it, it's obviously. Not even our highlight. The last the time craziest. yeah, the last time I can remember that it was this tra- crazy was when the Knicks traded for Carmelo Anthony. That yeah. Was, and- that was when it was really, really popping off. So let's let's just jump right in. I mean, obviously, we got the headliner. Well, before we even get into today. Just to, you know, give the listeners 
what have you thought of the trade deadline going into today? Like, like what were some of your thoughts uh, before today's action? And then we'll, uh, we'll obviously jump right in. I was, I was, I didn't think the Simmons Harden trade would get there. I thought it would be in the summer. I just, just because I have so much skepticism that these things happen mid season like this. I just, I just never saw, I know there was rumors about it all week and everyone saying it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I just thought it was going to happen in the summer. Um, well, because that, they rarely do happen in the yeah, it's, it's it season. I, I could I could handle shakeups in the summer, but midseason's a little a little tough for, for me. But no no one really cared about me today. Um, and then I was heavily focused on the Knicks. Obviously, nothing to talk about here. Um, well, we'll get to them at the end. We'll get to yeah. them at the end. Yeah. So I was just focused on them, and obviously nothing happened. But um, more happened than I could have ever expected. And this is. Uh, this is incredible, really, really incredible, and I think it, it makes a lot of teams better that um, that, that needed to get better to either contend for a title or even in the Kings' case, like they have a. Re- I would give them like an A plus today, the Kings. I don't know if we're going to talk about them much, but they killed it. I think the Kings killed it too. I think the Kings killed it too. Um, we're going to get to that four team trade in a second, but. Everybody, and I, I said it at the end of the last episode because I recorded the day the Halliburton for Sabonis trade happened, and everybody was killing the Kings. Like, they basically gave up 21-year-old Chris Paul, right? Like, let's slow down. They got the best player in the deal, and they did subsequent deals today to help them. Like, the Dante Vincenzo piece is a great piece for them. It's exactly yeah. what they needed. But anyway, we'll get to that. But we got to talk about the meatiest bone here, and that's uh, James Harden. To Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and I forget who else was in the deal. Two picks. Two picks. Two first round picks. First one unprotected, one protected. So okay. So what were your initial thoughts when, when this trade came out? Um, so you gotta start. I'll start with the, the Sixers side, because a lot of people are just looking at it like straight away, like, oh, they had no one playing in this. They didn't have Ben Simmons playing. So they're going from zero to like a hundred. A body that's playing. Yeah, a really good body too. But I look at it is that like Seth Curry and Embiid played really, really well together. Um, Andre Drummond was a nice piece, but I like the move um, by the Sixers because I think Embiid is. He's, he's healthy. He's playing the best basketball of his life. And I think it's going to be up to Doc and, and Harden himself, who Harden has matured over the past few years, to, and to be able to fit into what he needs to do. So what does he need to do? He needs to Embiid, he needs to help Embiid when Embiid's off, off the court. So that means staggering. Doc needs to stagger those minutes. And Which, also – Hold Embiid, on one second, but Doc Rivers famously does yeah, not like to do that. Yeah, he blows everything, but whatever. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't predict that's going to happen before it happens. But I think, I think he needs to, and he needs to. You can't treat Embiid like Clint Capella. He needs to play really good basketball with Embiid and, and kind of not be like I'm James Harden. How I'm now going to run this team? It's going to be like how am I going to fit in with Embiid's team? Um, so we'll see his maturity and we'll see what he could do. He's a tremendously talented player. I want him to get in better shape. He needs to lose the, the beer belly. He needs to get it. James Harden. If you look back into like 2018 for the Rockets, he was a brick in like 
like a really strong break, he would get to the basket well. So he needs to get in better shape to finish. Except, out except when it came down to late in playoff games when he uh, stopped trying to go to the basket and his numbers fell off a cliff. But whatever. He, yeah, because he was pl- he was pl- he was playing he was playing the wrong way. So so I think that it's 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 a good move. I think it's a really good move. I think they're going for the stars, and I I always respect that. I say I, I always respect the move to go for the final. So. That, that's it on the Sixers side. Do you want to comment on the Sixers? I know. Yeah, well, let's let's stay with the Sixers. Let's stay with the Sixers because what you just described is exactly Daryl Morey's thinking, right? Daryl Morey doesn't necessarily care about, you know, team chemistry and things like that. Daryl Morey is about stacking stars. He's been very obvious about this throughout his career, right? Mm-hmm. And this is just another prime example of that. Uh, James Harden, obviously, is a big, flashy name. Big, flashy name. But I don't think you can look at this trade for Philadelphia as just this year. And, and, and I'll say that I'll tell you why. And I know for all the, you know, the, the cap people and, and the contract people, Harden opted into his deal for next year. I, I get all that. Right. But they had this. And again, Ben Simmons was not going to play for them. They had this asset. Right this prime asset that there was still a market for. We saw that there was still a market for it, right? And they chose to hitch their wagon to a guy who's 32, who doesn't keep himself in shape during the offseason or during the season for that matter, for a guy who's played a lot, a lot of minutes, for a guy who's notorious for coming up small in playoff series. And they're pairing him with a guy right now in Joel Embiid, who right now, if I had to, if I had a vote for MVP, I'd vote for MVP. Agreed. Who, while he's been very relatively durable the last six years, right? Or like, you know, last three or four years for certain, he's always an injury risk because of what happened early in his career and just because of his sheer size. So Joel Embiid, who's one of the three or four best players in the world, You're pairing him with a guy who has all those flaws. Like, are you sure that was the best way to do it? Considering Harden likes to play a certain way. You know, he doesn't cut off the ball. He doesn't play any defense. And the fact that, you know, it's nice to stack stars and and stars are a commodity in the NBA. But like Philadelphia had a good thing going. And I just think you could have cashed in this chip better. Like, I feel like if they would have, and again, it's not as sexy, but like, if you talked about the, um, if you talked about the package that the Pacers got for Sabonis, right? If you did something similar with the Kings with like healed Halliburton or, or Harrison Barnes or something like that, something centered around that. You know, depth is important in the NBA, right? And you want, if I'm a Sixers fan, I I want Joel Embiid to be the epicenter of the universe when it comes to their team. I don't want anybody stepping on his toes. And I just don't, I don't trust James Harden. Plus the fact that now it's a calendar year. He's bitched out on two NBA franchises in a calendar year. Like this is a guy who, Besides for the fact that I mentioned that he chokes in the playoffs every single year and doesn't keep himself in shape, but like he's a malcontent. Why? I just don't 
I know stacking stars is, is important, but I just don't think he was the right guy. You you have to think back to why the Sixers have lost in the playoffs the past few years. It hasn't been Joel Embiid's fault. It's the team around him that they can't cover for him when he's on the bench or when he gets tired or and they ask him to do too much. Harden is not in the role that he was in the Rockets it, where he came off short. When he was in the Rockets, he was dribbling out the entire shot clock every single time. And they were really, really close to beating some of the best teams of all time in, in, in the Warriors and really, really close to making some really big runs. And I know he didn't get there, but now he's asked to be in this almost secondary role, which he was playing for the Nets amazingly before he got injured. I think your biggest concern should be his health. Be, I don't know if this right-hand thing is legit. I know his hamstring is legit. I doubt any of his injuries are legit. I think I think his hamstring is I think his hamstring has been bothering him for. Okay, for fine. So even even if it's bothering him, then why do this now? Then if you had a good thing going, wait for well, Bradley Beal in the off season. Well, I he yeah, but timeline I, in terms of age anyway. But he's he, they want to win this year. This is this is an open year to win. I get you that. Because when the, I I hear I hear your points, but this he's looking at it the way like this is why we lost. This is a really good option to to help help that reason why we lost. And let's let's and he is Maury especially loved James Harden. But it's on as I said in my first one, it's up to James Harden to a get in shape and b to play intelligently and fill in the role that he needs to play and not fill in like. James Harden um, prototype basketball and play how Embiid and the Sixers need him to play. So th- that's my two caveats, how it, how it's going to play out. If he I plays just like- don't trust James Harden to do that because he's given us no evidence that he wants to do that. Yeah. I mean, he maybe a to- brief couple of games in, in Brooklyn. And then all of a sudden he had a little adversity and he got pissed off that this isn't what I signed up for. I'm going to force my way out of there. I, I just, I don't, like, I just don't get the Harden thing. I don't get the Harden thing at all. I, I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't trust the guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's, def- he's let us down. But once again, he was in a different role. Some people are meant to be the second best on a team. Like, he, 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 he was so close. Uh, and then, if we get to the Nets, I think the Nets, uh, it's just so hard to think about it because, like, are we are we talking like Kyrie's playing? Um, if he's playing, it's it's playing every game. It's, it's either New York drops a vaccine mandate or he gets a vaccine. I don't know if any of that will happen. Oh, I can't talk about Kyrie like half playing in the road games, half play, like I can't talk like that. It's just so hard. But if he is playing and it's Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry. And then some mixture of like Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. And then you also have like Patty Mills, maybe healthy tires. That is an incredible team because you have Ben Simmons to play with two of the best scorers in the NBA and Kyrie Irving and and Kevin Durant. That's that, that team's incredible. They're right up there with the Bucs, maybe even the favorite over the Bucs once that team gets together. But if you're talking about the Nets without Kyrie Irving, I don't know if Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant is, is enough. I think KD needs more of a shot maker. Well, I'll say this. 
I think the Nets crushed this trade. I think they have, and I hate giving the Nets credit for anything, as you well know, as mm-hmm. the listeners well know. I I think they crushed this trade. Absolutely crushed it, right? I think, and again, I don't love Ben Simmons as a player, but Ben Simmons for the Nets is a lot better than Ben Simmons for the Sixers, right? Yeah. If you have Ben Simmons, and even if Kyrie's out, right? Seth Curry is really good. He's really good, right? So if you have Seth Curry in there doing his thing, right, with dribble handoffs and and with Durant, I think the Nets are incredibly formidable, even if Kyrie is only going to play half the games. And this, but again, all assuming Kevin Durant comes back healthy, right? Right. Because, I mean, we saw what Kevin Durant by himself could do healthy last year, right? He and almost year, number one in the East. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, he got injured. Yeah, it's just what's going to be wild to me is is for the Nets is how long is it going to take Simmons to start playing basketball again? Because right. if you look at the landscape of the East, which we'll talk about it a little, you know, over the course of this conversation, is there are going to be games until New York drops the vaccine mandate that Durant will be out, Kyrie will be out, and Simmons is ramping up, they won't play. And that is going to drop them further and further into the standings, right? And now you're going to have them potentially be an eight seed, a nine seed. If they're a nine seed deep into playing turn tournament you know that's that's a tough sledding for them so i actually think this benefits the nets going forward i don't think it benefits them this year as much as it does going forward but like the nets in theory could be really really good and again it's all depending on like does ben simmons like playing basketball right yeah i don't know does does he like playing basketball we're not sure if he does but if you're gonna get ben simmons regular season with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for a guy who basically, you know, bitched his way out of there and a guy like Seth Curry, like, and, and picks that you didn't have going forward. Like, I think that's a major win. Yeah. My question is like, I don't mean to sound like a seventh grade, like gym teacher, but who's like the leader on the nets. Like I know, like, Kyrie's a, a weird dude. KD, no, he ain't the guy. I know. So who, it's Durant. It's got to be Durant. He's not like a. He's a little bit of a. He's kind of like a vocal leader. He kind of just plays ball and play and, and plays it really really well. But that's another. That's another. Like apparently Harden was like the voice of this team last year, and he, and people really really liked it. So that'll be interesting. And, like until and, he decided that like he didn't want to do it anymore. Because he's, yeah, he's a flight risk. And he's sick of Kyrie, but whatever. But it's who that's it's like, actually understandable. Yeah, that I can 100%. understand. But Ky- like Ky- yeah, Ky- Kyrie and Simmons are just we, like just, just weird guys. Like what what I, that's so that's something concerning to me that like mentally maybe they can't get over that hump. But I, I hear your point in future years that it, it is a it is a really good move if and even if this this vaccine thing can never work itself out, maybe they could flip Kyrie in the summer and get some really good assets. But I, if they can get it together this year with them three playing and, and Seth Curry and, and, and some guys being healthy again, like Joe Harris, the, then they could be they could be incredible. Like 
when KD was playing this year, it was just incredible. And plus, and Simmons does a lot of things that they needed. Defense, yeah. rebounding, pushing the pace, big body down there. Like now, now you're talking a really good defender on Giannis. Like that's 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 what they should Well, be I wouldn't go that far. Well, but, maybe the best you could one of the better you could get in the East. You yes, know? correct. No one could guard him, but one of the better. In terms of body type, you're right. Um, yeah. yeah, I I just it's gonna it's gonna be a little interesting. Plus, the the big thing about this also is again not to get too nerdy about the numbers, salaries, not having to pay James Harden at thirty six, over fifty five million dollars. Like that is going to be. I mean, it was on ESPN, you know, front page when the trade happened. Like almost immediately, there was a video. Is James Harden going to be the worst contract in NBA history? Yeah. All right. Like, and again, I know ESPN's doing that for clicks, but like there's merit here, right? He's not aging well. He's already 25% worse than he was already two years ago. Like not having to pay that guy long-term in his mid thirties is, is a big deal is a okay. big deal. Um, yeah. Before we go into the other trades, because I, I think we both like it for Brooklyn. We both differ. We differ a little bit on the, the fit for Philly. Um, Kevin Durant, has there been a great player like Kevin Durant who has just made more weird and you could probably say wrong decisions about the direction of his career, like ever? Yeah, this is like, I think even from his first contract where he like, he signed too many years in OKC, like, I think he's on like five years which, and he stuck with Westbrook for way too long and then going to the Warriors when he probably should have just like went to the Celtics or something um another weird move and then he's just like I have this big three and it, he's like I'm not gonna go to the Knicks I'm just gonna pick Kyrie Irving and then team up with the Nets and that's that was and Harden that was obviously disappointing but he, he's just so good at basketball and we just have to take one dig at the Nets there's, there's some good lines on Twitter that like Ben Simmons going to Brooklyn's the best thing to happen to them because Philly had such a brutal fan base, but the Nets don't have fans, so he's no he's no Correct. pressure. Correct, like, exactly. We got to take we got to stab it a little, you know. Not only that, could you imagine? Just as goes to show you that no one cares about the Nets, right? If this circus was happening with the Knicks, right? Which it, there was a universe where we thought that was going to happen, right? where this circus was ha- with Kyrie and whatever, this whole craziness. Can you imagine the difference in media coverage? Yeah, it'd be crazy. We're, it'd, right be now, nuts. We're just- it'd be nuts. No one cares about the Nets. And so we're going to end this segment with that because I hate giving the Nets credit. So no one cares about the Nets. But I, I love this trade for them. I absolutely do. This episode of the For the Love of the Game show on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Master Networks. Want to make some money? How about this? Invest in in an exciting asset that has outplaced the S&P 500 by 164% over the last 25 years. That's right. I am talking about art. Art, people. Invest in art. Masterclass is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, Andy Warhol without needing millions of dollars to do so. Over 300,000 people have already signed up for Master Networks. And if you want to get in on that action, you should do that too. Get priority access with your unique promo code. Log on to Masternetworks.com. 
masternetworks.com slash believe. That's masternetworks.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. See important disclosures at masternetworks.com slash disclosures. Master Networks, the alternative investing site for investing in art. This episode of the For Love of the Game show is also brought to you by NordVPN. What is more important than peace of mind? Absolutely nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And all of the threats that you face today being online and being involved in the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN service out there. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure and safe. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe and use promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus an additional month free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN, the most secure way to operate on the internet. It wasn't the biggest trade, but I think maybe the most impactful trade in terms of winning a title was the four-team deal between the Bucks, the Clippers, the Kings, and the Detroit Pistons. Marvin Bagley, the former number two overall pick, goes to Detroit. The uh, the Bucks get Serge Ibaka for basically nothing. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo and Rodney Hood, I think, go to the Kings. No, and, they got a Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles. Oh, Trey Lyles. And so, so Rodney Hood and who Old else? Semi Ojale go to the the Clippers. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, right? it's a, a lot of similar players like going. Yeah, uh, I kind of like this trade for three of the four teams. The Clippers, I don't really count in this. I think they're just trying to get to a year where Kawhi and Paul George are healthy and they'll figure it out. Um, but I like this for Detroit. I know no one's going to talk about it, but it's a great buy low on a guy who was a top five pick who had pedigree coming into at a high school into college was the top recruit coming into the drafts as a top five pick for Detroit. Who's bad. Anyway, these are the guys you take a chance on, right? Like I would have been, I would have been fine with the Knicks taking a chance on a guy like this. Right. Yeah. I love one. Yeah. Go ahead. Him deserves a chance. Like that's my thing about Cam Reddish also. Like that's what I'm a little pissed about Tibbs. Like not playing just like, he obviously has talent. Like, that's why he's such a high pick, like, and he's a high recruit. Like, let, let him get a real chance without the politics, without benching him. Like, yeah. let these guys – let Bagley play for, like, the whole quarter, not interrupted, even if he makes mistakes. Like, I can't stand these coaches just pulling them and playing with these guys. They're dumb. Like, develop them. So, I, I, as you said, I, I love it. Like, let's just see. And we'll talk about the Knicks to close the show because, yeah. obviously. Um, for the Kings, you know, they got a, an off-the-ball guard who's played in big games, who's young, who can shoot threes, who doesn't need the ball in his hand so you can see what you actually have in De'Aaron Fox, right? Um, I like what the Kings did here, as we mentioned before. And then most importantly for Milwaukee, who's a title contender, they got a position of need that they've sorely needed, was another big guy who can, you know, play down low, can guard bigger dudes. Now, can he really, 
Can Serge Ibaka hold up against Embiid? Probably not, but hopefully they'll be able to throw the, you know, Brooke Lopez, maybe Robin Lopez gets bought out and they pick up Robin Lopez also for another six fouls on Embiid because that's the guy you're going to need to. No one could guard him. No one could guard Embiid. No one could guard Embiid, right. So, but at least he can hold up a little bit where he he could do it a little bit better than Bobby Portis, right? Assuming that Brooke Lopez isn't going to be around. He's, He's girthier. And he, yeah. can, and he can stretch the floor and let Giannis do Giannis stuff. I mean, they got him for pretty much nothing. He's been in big games, too. He's won a title. Like, I just think this – Milwaukee didn't really need to do much. Obviously, they their record was weird. There are a lot of guys out. They, they have a little bit of a hangover, but they played better basketball late. I, I think Milwaukee is still the team to beat and in the East, and I think in the NBA, and this really solidified it. Yeah, it was, it was a great move. Like – Kind of like just replacing that like PJ Tucker role. Obviously, he can't guard like like a forward like KD as well as PJ Tucker um, did. But but he he could play defense, surge. He could hit the three. He's long. He like fits totally into the Milwaukee system, and it was such a sneaky uh, great great move by by Milwaukee. And and I agree. Sacramento just did. Good things. They got rid of like a toxic piece in their team in Bagley with not knowing how to figure that out. They and I agree with you. They had a lot of point guards. They had a lot of guards that like kind of did similar things. Sacramento's so, like getting DiVincenzo will be, I think, good for them. And I, I think um, I think Sabonis was. I know I know you spoke about it in your other podcast, but it was a amazing move. He's a great player in the in the future of the franchise in Sacramento. Is in uh is is, is only going upwards. I, I think from here, and I think they'll be in the playoffs, honestly, which is uh, the playing. Oh game. yeah, I think they're getting the Sacramento had a mandate to get into the playing game, and I think they're going to get in. I really yeah, do. Yeah. Sabonis and Fox are, is a dangerous deal. Like, well, let, I mean, let's see Fox, you know, play well. He's had a down year from last year, but like, yeah. if he's if he goes back to last year's form, like they're real, they're good, right? I mean, they're not, they're not really good but they're they're solid i mean they'll probably pass portland in the standings could you see them passing the lakers in the standings it's not inconceivable anyone could pass the lakers come on a a disaster that Lakers situation is a disaster it's so much worse than when we did our preview like we like i i did a the segment at the end of our our you know nba preview where i was like well i actually don't think the lakers are going to finish that high i think a couple of teams are going to pass them but I, I even I didn't see this coming. Like I really didn't see this coming. Because Westbrook tricked us because he played really well for the Wizards at the end of the season and got them into the the playing game. So we were like, oh, Westbrook like could do this in the regular season and like he could has so much energy and he could drive. And this this just isn't working. All right. So this the last trade that we're gonna talk about, and then we're gonna talk about the Knicks was uh our former um our former guy, Chris Unicorns. Yeah, former unicorn. T- Tim Legler had a great tweet. Like he's called the unicorn because you never see him anymore because he's always hurt, which was yeah. which was rough. Uh, so Porzingis, who was actually pretty good for Dallas when he's been healthy this year at least, um, goes to Washington for the likes of St- Spencer Dimwitty and Davis Bertans, two of the worst contracts in the league. What say you? I, I really don't get it. I need someone to explain this to me. Like, were they, like, that desperate to get rid of Porzingis? Did they need another guard? Like, 
like Dinwiddie, who's like kind of similar to like a Tim Hardaway ask Jalen Brunson, like a, a combo guard who could handle the ball and shoot a little. Like I, I don't really get the play, and this is really the mark only the market for prison because I thought he was playing better this year. I thought he was like he was. He's just I, not available. He's not available. Right. So that that's a take that like he's not available. So we want Dinwiddie and Bertans who's going to give us a little bit more depth in the in the postseason. I. I I just feel bad for Luca. This is just not, this is just not enough. Like this, this guy has almost beat like a fully healthy Clippers team two years in a row by himself. Like this yeah. guy is so good, and like you're pushing him out. Like this is like, I can't imagine that he's 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 happy. And this is like on like I, I on like Cuban and, and the whole Mavericks organization to just keep flopping on this. Like they need to get some real star power. And if I was a star, I would love to go play with Luca. you know? You know he holds the ball up, but there's a lot of guys who would who could benefit from playing with him. Luca, it's funny you say that, because Luca, and again, he's he's better at it early on than Harden. But he's doing a lot of, like, I shouldn't say that, because, I mean, Harden's teams won a lot of games when he was playing the way he played, even though it was his flawed He's got a little too much Harden in him in terms of the way he plays, in terms of off-season habits. Um, and he's a tough guy to play with. He's a tough guy to play with. But I I know Dallas didn't want to, especially with the Jalen Brunson situation coming up in the off-season. I know they didn't they felt queasy about paying him money, you know, Luca's massive extension and having the Perzingis extension on the books. I get that, but like Spencer Dimwitty, Spencer Dimwitty's bad. Like he's bad, right? And he also makes a decent amount of money. Davis Bertans is one of the worst contracts in the league. Yeah. Now, again, maybe he's salvageable because all he does is, you know, a big guy who can shoot threes who can't guard anybody. And for Luca, you just want guys who can shoot threes. But he's also not somebody who's been like a perfect bill of health recently. I just don't get this for Dallas. And I feel like Dallas low key is, is turning into uh, LeBron first go around with Cleveland in terms of screwing this Luka thing up. Yeah. And I, I think like there are people who have high usage ratings who hold the ball a lot. But like LeBron played that plays that way. And he's like a master of it. And, and I think Luka kills more to that way than the Harden way for sure. Like he's just yeah, but again, when LeBron was really doing that, they didn't win. Now again, they ran into the Golden State teams. Okay, that's a little different, but like it's not the way you win basketball games. When you're that good, like it's it's a different strategy. But what Luke is going to find you for the open shots. He's going to get you open layups. So whatever. But I I just don't I don't get it. I you're probably right there, probably in panic mode that they probably just wanted him out of here um, before before um, before um, the the summer. But it seemed like a panic move, and I I really don't understand it. I'm obviously gonna have to look more more into it because I Dinwiddie just reminds me of a lot of guards that Dallas already has. Um, so we'll we'll have to see what Luca can make out of that, but I just feel 
bad for them because they have not chicken salad at like, a chicken shit it seems yeah like they've had the same team for like three going to like their third off season third playoffs right now like with luca like, it's like i don't even know team. i don't even know how it happened like it just yeah i mean i guess the porzingis thing with the contract like it just didn't pan out it didn't why did pan the out the way they wanted back? What? Why do the Knicks? Why do the Knicks try to get him back for nothing? Like, why don't we just give them like Evan Fournier and like? I would have. I would have been a heartbeat. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Like, seriously, why don't we just get Porzingis back and see what we could do? Well, I mean, the 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 time is, has passed now, so we can't do that. But like these guys, like Spencer Dimwitty, like Jordan Clarkson, like all these dudes, like in that same ilk. And it, my fear is that Jalen Green for the Houston Rockets is heading down that path. It's a little too early to tell, but well, they have a role. Like Jordan Clarkson has a really, when they find their situation, they do great in it. Cause like Jordan Clarkson has been really valuable for the jazz in his role. And like Dinwiddie had a good role for the Nets, like before he got injured. But if it's so, like, not perfect for them, then they works. just seem a little malcontentish and they just want to jack shots. And like, you've seen like Jordan Clarkson this year, Hasn't shot the ball nearly as well as he did last year. And the Jazz, well, they've gotten hot a little bit of late. They've won four straight. But, like, he's not going to help them in the playoffs. Right. I don't know. I'm just – Spencer Dimwitty, I mean, all the reports out of Washington was that he was, like, really miserable to be around. And that's always a good sign when you bring that guy in. Um, I don't know. It's just – it's just weird. I – I was hard on Luca early because you know not taking conditioning seriously, but now I feel I feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is brutal. I mean, maybe one day this means he'll come to the Knicks. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a perfect transition from one brutal situation to another. The New York Knicks. We did nothing. <laughs> we did absolutely nothing. Um, now again, the. I'm sure the Halliburton for Sabonis trade threw everybody for a loop. Uh, I think the Knicks did, because I, I do think De'Aaron Fox for Randall was seriously discussed. And once they brought Sabonis in and they traded Halliburton, that trade was done. So I, I get that. It doesn't make me very happy, but I get that, right? Right. But we have all these veterans when it's clear that we're not really contending this year that teams could have thought to, you know, just bring in, we didn't have to get much, but just to offload the contracts in Alec Burks, Evan Fournier would have been tough, but I feel like somebody would have taken him if they, if they really pushed hard enough, but we didn't do anything. And part of the reason, and you can, I'm going to get your opinion on this is do you think Tom Thibodeau's influence is behind this, that he really thinks he can win with these guys? Because if not, then he needs to go. Yeah. I think it must be that like, he just like, let's keep running it. Like we're going to turn around. We had a better second after the season last year, post also break. Like we're, we're going to turn it around. Like this dude just has no insight into like the holistic picture of a franchise. Like we could have, like the Lakers wanted Alex Burks. Like, why don't we get like assets for that? Like, wh- what if we got a first round pick in like 2023? I don't even know if the Lakers well, they don't have, have they they only had the picks to trade were 2027 and 2029. 
Okay, it's pretty far away. But I don't know, just just something. I don't know, like something young, like Kalen Horton Tucker, maybe like something young and fresh. And Austin Reeves. I yeah. would think Austin Reeves. Some, some, well, I mean, we would have we would have ruined him and probably sat him on the bench because Tibbs wouldn't have liked his um, defensive rotation in one game, and he would have just punished him for the rest of his career. But just like something, like something, some some like young good assets that we could get for like our old assets. That's my one take. And then my other is I'm like, this is already a comedy show every night, basically. You have Julius Randle fighting with video coordinators for, the, for our team. Um, why don't we just like, why don't we just like tr- just do it? Just get Westbrook and make this even funnier. Um, we're still so going to lose. West, so that was, so I, I want to just hop in one second. The Westbrook thing, obviously Westbrook, for a guy who's defended Westbrook for a long time, I mean, it's it's a tough scene right now. The blooper reels are all over Twitter. It's it's yeah. so bad. Even right. if the counting numbers right now don't nearly look as bad, it's really bad. I, I want to pull up the um, his contract situation. Obviously, he has. I believe next year he has a um, a player option that he's going to pick up, right for right. forty seven million dollars. There's no way he's not going to pick that up because he's not getting another long-term deal that's anywhere close to that amount of money. Right. If that would have been the case, could you have stomached the Westbrook deal for a year, kind of just like bought him out, kind of like John Wall? Again, it's not our money, right? So we're just talking as you know somebody who doesn't have to flip the bill. But could you have stomached it? basically bought him out, did like a John Wall situation, then just gone with the youth movement. Like, would you have been okay with that? I know it's it's a hard pill to swallow, especially. Probably, yeah. Probably for like one game and just for like me and like my friends and all of us like just just laughing. But then I would have been like, what did we just do? Like what, what, what like culture of our franchise are we sending? Like if we sign Westbrook, that's like, people are like what is this franchise doing like literally this is clearly a disaster Lakers are begging to get rid of him so whatever for the best we didn't we didn't get him like it just would have been funny for like a game or two um and then we would have been like what just happened I just I don't know I just need there's just so many like like why don't we get Marvin Bagley like what about that why don't like because it's the Tibbs effect it's what it is why don't we play Cam Reddish? Like, I just can't understand that. Like, I know he's an attitude problem, but, like, let's, like, try to bring the best out in our players, our young guys, instead of, like, punishing them for being young. Like, you, like the NBA is a huge issue right now because there's so much talent, and there's a lot of talent even when they're young. But if you're not, like, if you're, like, two or three years into your career and you're not, like, developing fast enough or have, like, an attitude problem, you're just, like, ridden off so quickly and you're not given a chance, I'm like, we're a perfect team to give these guys a chance. Let's give these guys a chance and like try to re- just squeeze them out. Like let's, let's play Cam Reddish and, and and try to try to see what he could actually do because I know he's more talented than most of our guards. He's more talented than Evan Fournier. Like come on, more talented than Alec Burks. Yeah, he's more. I talented mean, Emmanuel than- quickly, Emmanuel quickly, who's done good things for the Knicks over his year and a half. Right, he's in a terrible stretch right now, a terrible slump. He's just off. There's no s- scenario right now, given where the Knicks are, that he should be playing five minutes because he had a rough first half. 
That's yeah. crazy. It's criminal. Yeah, just play the, play them, play them through the mistakes. He doesn't know how to develop young guys. He goes back to the old veterans who make the same mistake, who make the same mistakes also on a terrible attitude also, but he likes who he likes. And I can't do this anymore. This season has been really one of the worst. Maybe because we had expectations, maybe because we, we saw we saw some excitement last year, but it just seems like that is just fed into Tibbs and who he is and what we doubted about him and gave him like that, like bill of confidence that like, Oh, he like look at him last year. He's, he's a great coach. He's, like, like look what he did. So he could do whatever His he wants. Dick wears thin. It yeah. wears thin fast. And Let's, I think we both said this when he was hired. We both said it throughout the year last year when we were excited. We we're just like, and again, we all got swept up in it. I, I got swept up in it, but it's just like, ah, oh, it, it's it, he's got to go. He was, he's not the guy. Like, I would have rather Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, that's what I was really about to say. Get Kenny Atkinson. Or Johnny Bryan. Give him a chance. Yeah, get, get, this, get, this, get this franchise with the right attitude, the right culture, and let's just play the young guys. Let's call up the guys in the G League who are playing well. I mean, let's call McBride. Like, let's just play. He had a hole at point guard the entire year. You're telling me Deuce McBride can't get a look? especially when he's had to play due to COVID and he actually played well a couple of games, you're telling me he can't get a look. You're telling me that we need to see Alec Burks run point for another 25 fucking minutes a night. Like, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's really – it's not a good thing. So, there's – Bad news, man. It's bad news in Knicks land. I know. And not doing anything today is not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. And then the, the icing on the cake is uh, RJ turns his ankle, sprained ankle, who he's been playing really, really well. He's in the game, a 20-point game at the end of the fourth quarter. What is he doing in the game? And Tibbs's response was, I thought we could make a run. There were 30 fucking seconds left. What are you talking about? This is this is bad news, and this is just getting. I, I this is just getting beyond frustrating. It's it's unwatchable basketball. It's not healthy to watch most of these games. Um, they're playing. They have a tough stretch playing the Warriors tonight. It's going to be bad. And I can't imagine what you must be feeling like, who's in the dead of winter right now. At least, like I have nice weather. I have well, sunshine. It's 50 degrees today, which is a little... Unseasonably warm. Yeah, I heard. My yeah. mom told me. It's great. It's a, it's a little better. But... And also, I don't like... Over, like when did Julius Randle start acting? When he got into fight that video coordinator, I'm like, are you serious? That was like, it. That's it. When, he, when he gave the fans the thumbs down, you knew it was done. You knew it was done. And everything since has just been proven that correct. Yeah. Pl- playing, playing, for, playing for 17 minutes a game and... And make him earn it again. Uh, the Knicks oh, give me a headache. Knicks yeah, give me a headache. But today was a wild day in the NBA. Wild day. And we had to talk about it. So, Johnny, thanks so much for doing this. Last second. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. Now, if the Philadelphia 76ers win a title with James Harden, I'm going to have to eat a lot of crow. I'm going to hear about it. By a lot, a lot of people, but I'm willing to put my uh, myself out there that I am not going to have to do that. So, 
after today's proceedings, your finals preview is? Oh, that's tough. I, it just depends. The next, Kyrie just. No, 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 it depends. No, it depends. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I, you're right. You're right. I, I'm going to take the box versus the Warriors, and the Warriors are going to win it all. I have the Bucks against the Suns again. And I think the Bucks repeat. Wow. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really, if people are healthy, it's, it, it's going to be really, really tough for the Bucks. I mean, they're an awesome team. But we shall see. We shall see. Jaya, it was good to catch up, man. We lament about the Knicks, talk about the trades. Always good stuff. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much for Take doing care. it. Thanks again to recurring guest, Mr. Johnny Noman, for hopping on emergency post-NBA trade deadline episode. What a deadline today was. What a day it was in the NBA. That's episode 144. For the love of the game, take us out, Rough Riders. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube